Amen. You guys can go ahead and, and grab a seat. Let's hang on on that for just a second there. Um, and uh, hey, I want to uh, I want to mention to you right now, uh, really quick. If you are here for the very first time, my name is Mark, and I'm the lead pastor. We're excited to have you here with us today. Now, if you are brand new here with us today, you've never been here before. It's your fir- uh, very first time. Uh, we have a free gift we'd love to give you, and all you need to do is fill out your connection card. It's this card that's uh, usually on the back of the seat in front of you. Fill that out. Take it to the welcome area after church today, and we'll uh, give you the free gift that we've got for everybody that's here for the very first time. But here, uh, right now, we're going to continue to worship God as we receive our offering. Our ushers are going to get in place, and you can make any preparations that you need to. I know a lot of people uh, give here online. You can give at summerhazard.com. You can give on our app if you click give, and you can just put in the amount, and it's really easy to follow through on that. Uh, but you know what? When it comes to giving, um, there's, there's a story that comes to my mind, and it's the story that a lot of us are familiar with. It's the story of how Jesus multiplies a small lunch and feeds 5,000 people. And, and, and that story, it all begins with the, they have this problem. There's a massive amount of people. They've all come to hear Jesus. The crowd is hungry, and Jesus asks the disciples, Uh, What are we going to do to feed this crowd? And they find a boy in this massive crowd of people that's brought a lunch with him. Just just bread and a small amount of fish. Just going to feed him. There's no way it's going to feed this crowd. But this boy, we never know his name, but this boy gives his lunch over to the disciples. Think about this. This is the only thing he's got to eat. It's a hot day. It's going to be there for a long time. This is all that he's got. He gives it over to these strangers. And Jesus, this man that he's never met, he's heard teach. Jesus takes that lunch and multiplies it and uses that small lunch, transforms it, multiplies it, and feeds thousands of people. But that whole story begins with just a little boy who is not afraid to give to Jesus what he has. And, And that's exactly how giving is honestly a time of worship. So worship isn't just singing the songs and then we're done with worship. No, worship, uh, we're continuing in worship. Worship is giving our hearts, giving our lives. And, And here's the deal. If you want to experience the joy of Jesus using your life to bless others, if you want to experience the power of Jesus taking your life and multiplying it and using using it in ways you didn't even know he could, where that starts is your willingness to give to Jesus just, just where you are and what you have. And so, so as we give this morning, giving is a reflection of our hearts. And you might give today and you feel like, Jesus, my life doesn't feel like much. Uh, I, I, I don't feel like I really had that great of a week. And you might feel like, you know what, I shouldn't even give. It, what, what's my gift? What's my giving going to matter? Here's what I want to say to you. Your gift, no matter what it is, no matter how much you give, when you give, your gift in the hands of God can literally be multiplied to transform the world. Hello? Right? Jesus can take a small amount, no matter what we give, He can take the amount, multiply it, use it to transform the world. And so that's why we give. We give out of a heart that says, Jesus, here's my life. I just want you to use it. And so whether you give here, whether you give online, I just want to thank you so much. And and, and let's give in faith and watch how God uses what's given here today, multiplies it, and blesses the world. So I'm going to pray and, uh, and we're going to receive our offering, and I want to share something with you really quick this morning. Let's pray. Father, I, I pray that right now in Jesus' name, you would just take what's given here. You would take what's given online. And God, I pray that you would use it 
to transform the world. You would use it to be a blessing right here in this community. God, you would use it to be a blessing around the world as, as the hungry are fed, churches are started, the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus goes out into the world. Father, I pray that just like you took that little boy's lunch and multiplied it, God, you would take what people give here, what people give online, and you would multiply it for your glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You give as, as God leads you to give. And, and hang on to those connection cards. We'll give you an opportunity to fill those out, turn those in at the end of our service. Now listen, today is a really exciting day in our church because tonight at 6 o'clock, we are launching a brand new semester of small groups. Uh, this is a completely new small group experience. We are really fired up about how God is going to use this. We've had, honestly, a lot of people sign up for small groups, and maybe you haven't. Maybe you've kind of been on the fence about small groups. You know, they, they start Sunday night, 6 o'clock tonight, right here, 6 o'clock tonight at 6 o'clock in this building. All of our groups meet at the same time in different rooms, but in this building. All right, we'll talk about the kind of groups we have in just a minute. Uh, but maybe you've been on the fence when it comes to small groups. Should I join one or not? Why are we even doing small groups? What's the benefit of a small group? What's a small group going to do in my life? I want to show you this video, so go ahead and get that video ready back there, guys. Go ahead and turn it up. Check out this video about why small groups matter. Let's see if we can do this. Watch this video. So those start tonight at 6, and uh, it starts tonight with a meal. We're going to have a meal together at 6 o'clock. There's going to be child care available. If you need to utilize child care, that'll be available. But all of our small groups 
uh, meet here, right here in this building tonight, 6 o'clock. So what kind of small groups are we going to have uh, for you? I just want to run through those, and I think I've got some pictures here. So Megan Hicks is going to lead our women's group. And so there's, uh, there's Megan and her husband, Travis. Megan's going to lead our women's group. A lot of people have signed up for that. So the Vine, our women's ministry, they've got their own group. We've got a uh, marriage group. So for married couples, Nathan, Jessica Ritchie, there they are right there. And uh, there they are over there. Wave at everybody, Nathan and Jessica. Look at them. Right there. They were so excited to get to do that today. And um, so they're leading a group for married couples, so you can be a part of that. We have a men's group that's led by James East. Here's a picture of James right there. There's James right there. James, would you wave at everybody? There he is. Woo! And uh, James is leading our men's group uh, tonight, and I'm leading a, uh, a mixed group. So uh, men and women together, if you're not married um, or you just want to, you know, be in my group or whatever, you can do that. All of our groups tonight are going to be a part of uh, what's called the prayer course. So our groups are just getting right in line with Pray EKY, the series that we're in right now that we're about to be in part two of our prayer series. All of our groups for the next seven or eight weeks are just going to get really down into how to pray, really practical. We're going to go, we're going to talk about prayer in our small groups in a way that we just cannot do it here on Sunday mornings. If you've got questions about prayer, man, uh, jump into a small group. You're going to get a chance to ask those questions. It's just going to be on another level than Sunday mornings could ever be. All right, rows are great, but circles and being around tables, looking people in the eye, building relationships, man, that's where church is really at its best. So I want to invite you to join a small group tonight. All right, so it starts at 6 o'clock. It's going to be awesome. Now, hey, listen, if you're a middle school, high school student, also at 6 o'clock, our students right over there in the red building, our student ministry meets tonight at 6. Students are also doing a prayer series. Everything here in Summit, man, we are just drilling down on prayer. So it all starts tonight at 6. We're excited about it. I'll tell you what, today we're in part 2 of our series, Pray EKY. And uh, if you missed last week, we started a 10-week series on prayer. We are convinced, we just really feel compelled by God, that God wants us as a church to begin to seek Him, to pray for revival and renewal in our lives in eastern Kentucky, in every church in this community. And so, so we're just seeking God for revival and renewal, and we're learning about prayer. And so last week we started this, Why, are, why Pray EKY, Why This Whole Series? Well, well what we're going to do today is today we're going to try to be as practical as we can. I mean, because here's the deal. We, we can't really pray for revival if you don't know how to pray. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Just how do you do it? Try to be as practical as we can possibly be. And uh, I don't know if you're like me. Anytime that I need to do anything nowadays, I look up a video about how to do it on YouTube. Anybody else like me? Right? Anybody look? Anybody else? Just put your hand up really quick. I see a lot of hands. Right? Look at all these people. How did we do anything before YouTube instructional videos? I have no idea, right? I mean, but, but everything I do now, if I've never done it before, how do you do it on YouTube? And you watch a video. A, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about what we were going to do this morning. So I went to YouTube and just typed in how to and hit enter. And millions of videos came up about how to do all kinds of different things. There's a video on YouTube about how to become the Pope. So that's going to be awesome when we get a pope and the guys and they ask, "How'd you become the pope?" I watched a video on YouTube. I cannot wait for that. All right? You go watch a video how to tie a tie. 
how to make a lot of money, how to fall asleep faster. Um, one of the first videos that I saw was what will probably go down as the 10 most well-spent minutes of my life. A video entitled, How to Get a Snake Out of a Hole in the Ground Using Coke. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's literally 10 minutes of a guy pouring coke in a hole in the ground until the snake comes, up, comes out at the nine-minute mark. It's glorious. All right? It's glorious. All right? I loved it. And, but, but here's the deal. One of the questions, honestly, people have about prayer is how do you do it? Like, do you pray with your eyes open? Do you pray with your eyes closed? Do I have to pray kneeling all the time? What do you say when you pray, how do you do it? And here's the funny thing. Well, what's, what's kind of funny about that question, we might kind of roll our eyes at that question. The most famous prayer that, that's in the world, the most famous prayer in the world, we have it as a result of that very question. So everybody here today, and I, I, see, a lot, I see some new faces here today, and, and I don't know what your spiritual background is, how well you know the Bible or anything like that, but here's the deal. It doesn't matter how much you've been to church, how well you know the Bible, in some way, shape, or form, there's probably been a moment in your life where you've brushed up against the Lord's Prayer, right? Lord's Prayer, most famous prayer in the world, came as a result of the question, how do you pray? So if you've got a Bible, let's just dive right in. Luke chapter 11 is where we're going to be today. Luke 11 verses 1 through 4 is where we're going to be today. And, and I just want us to look at this, all right? So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open it up, turn it on. If you don't have a Bible, there's one around you. The words are going to be on the screen here in just, uh, just a minute if they're not already. Luke 11, just the first four verses from Luke 11. Now watch this. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Or your Bible might say this, Lord, how do you pray? Teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, now, let's stop right there. Everybody look up. Now, now I want us to read the Lord's Prayer together. Most people know the Lord's Prayer out of the book of Matthew. It's also, though, in the book of Luke. We're about to read Luke's version is shorter, but the main points are still there. Let's all look at this. Let's all read this out loud together, the Lord's Prayer. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. You know, I don't know, if, I don't know about you, but I, per, I personally, I know Matthew's Lord's Prayer by heart. I have a really hard time reading that because I want to say what I know, not what I see. You know what I mean? Right? So, so usually we know Matthew's version by heart, but it's the same kind of thing. The disciples see Jesus pray, and the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, how do you pray? Can you show us? Can you teach us how to pray? Jesus, we would look it up on YouTube, but YouTube hasn't been invented yet, so could you show us? And so Jesus teaches them how to pray. I, I, I want to bring this out to us. This isn't even the main part of the sermon. Like I said, we're going to try to be as practical as we can be today. But I love that the disciples say, Jesus, can you show us how to pray? We don't know how. And Jesus doesn't roll his eyes. Jesus doesn't get impatient with them. Jesus gives them the Lord's Prayer. See, the Lord's Prayer is Jesus teaching them and you and me how to pray. 
So before we even get to the meat of what Jesus says here when he's teaching us how to pray, I just want you to see this, if for nothing else, just to encourage you this morning, that we need to learn how to do this. We need to learn how to pray. None of us come into the world just automatically knowing how to pray. None of us come into the world great prayers. We're not born uh, knowing how to pray. We don't learn instantly how to pray five minutes after we give our lives to Jesus. We have to learn how to do this. We have to learn how to pray. And so a question is, okay, well, Jesus, how do you learn how to pray. And I love what Jesus does here. And this is honestly the answer. The way you learn how to pray is by praying. That's it. I mean, if you're going to learn how to ride a bike, you can read all the books you want to about how to ride a bike. You can watch all the YouTube instructional videos you want about how to ride a bike. But eventually, you've got to what? You've got to get on a bike, man. You've got to try it. You've got to get out there and, and see how it goes. And think about this. Jesus, how do you pray? Can you show us how to pray? Of course I'll teach you how to pray. Here's how you do it. And what we get is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says, listen, the way you learn how to pray, here, pray this prayer. And every time you pray this way, every time you pray the Lord's Prayer or you pray this way, you are learning how to pray. The way that you learn to pray is by praying. And I'm convinced that Jesus is really intentional about the way that he structures the Lord's Prayer. In fact, I'm not the only one that thinks that. All kinds of people throughout the history of Christianity have thought that. There are thousands of little, little devices and ways to help you and I learn how to pray using the Lord's Prayer. And what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to introduce us something that honestly we're going to go in depth into in our Sunday night small groups, I'm not going to go into the level that we're going to go into it on Sunday nights here. I'm just going to introduce this to us because I, I want to give us a little simple device, an acronym, just to help us learn how to pray. And so if you struggle with what do I say when I pray, how, how, what, what's, what, are, what are some things I ought to be thinking about when I pray, here, here's a little device that you can use. So if you're taking notes, you should write this down. A great way to learn how to pray is the word pray. Is the word pray. Every single one of those letters in that word are going, to use, are going to be used right here. Jesus builds this up to help us to learn how to pray. So if you're taking notes, there are notes. You can uh, take notes in the Summit app. Write this down. I just think this is going to be really helpful for a lot of us to learn how to pray. So how do you pray? Here's how we do it. The first, the first letter, P, in the word pray, that P stands for pause. All right, so, so what we're doing right now, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Every single one of us in here, I need to learn how to pray. You need to learn how to pray. No one in the church, at least that I'm aware of, if you have this, raise your hand, has a Ph.D. in prayer. Don't believe that that person's here, at least. Maybe they're in the 1115. I don't think they're in the 930, right? Every single one of us can learn how to pray. So, so this is just a simple device. I think Jesus gives us this, builds the Lord's Prayer so that you and I can learn how to pray. How can we do it? The first P in the word prayer, the way we're going to use it this morning, stands for pause. Remember two weeks ago, Hope Juarez came. My friend Hope, you can go back and you can listen to it on the, uh, on the app if you want to. Hope came two weeks ago. We heard a sermon about embracing stillness. Do you remember that? 
And so he just talked to us about this more about uh, that morning about, about pausing, embracing silence and stillness in our lives. I'm not going to go long on that. We just heard a sermon about it two weeks ago. Go back there and check it out. But the idea here is that when you and I come into the presence of God, we shouldn't rush into the presence of God with our long list and treat God like he's a vending machine, like, he, like he's an ATM, and he's only there. He's not even a person. He's just something we go to, to get stuff we need to go into God's presence and remind ourselves man I'm in the presence of God think about somebody that you really look up to okay maybe maybe a celebrity that you follow online maybe some kind of leader or an author or a teacher I don't know who a family member or I don't, I don't know who it is think about somebody that you really respect that you really look up to and you are about to have a meeting with them one-on-one -on -one in the next five minutes what would you do well, there's a really good chance you're going to somehow prepare for that meeting, right? You're going to somehow mentally prepare for that meeting. Oh, my gosh, I'm about to go backstage and meet my favorite singer, hang out with my favorite band. I'm about to get some one-on-one -on -one time with this person. I've read all of their books. You're probably going to mentally prepare for that. You're going to think through some questions you're going to want to ask. You're not going to just want to walk in there unprepared. Well, listen, if you would do that for your favorite band, if you would do that for another person, how much more should we do that for the living God? Hello? Just, just to remind ourselves, man, I'm about to talk to God. I love this quote here, and I just want to read this quote, and then we'll dig into this. I love this quote. This is so huge. Watch this. From David Benner. Look on the screen. Here's this quote. We do not pray so that we can get God's attention. Stop right there. Let's just let that hang in the air. We don't pray so that we can get God's attention. We pray so that God, watch this, will get our attention. We pray so that our attentiveness to God increases. Our souls may be shaped by the reality of God's constant, loving, self-revealing presence. So when we start praying, we don't have to say all these theological words and all these church phrases and all kinds of different things to get God to listen, to get God's attention. Listen, if you're here, you're a follower of Jesus, you're a child of God, you have God's attention right now. Hello? Did you know that? You don't have to work your way into getting God's attention. You have God's attention right now. But our problem is a lot of times our attention isn't given to God. And so, man, listen, there are times, a lot of times, listen, all the time we're, we're, we're put in situations where we just need to instantly cry out to God for help. But there's also a lot of times we just need to pause and remind ourselves we are about to get into the presence of God. And this can be as short or long as you want. It can be just a deep breath in and out. I'm about to talk to God. So I'm giving my attention to God. And then the R, R is for rejoice. So we've paused. We've, we're giving our attention to God. And now rejoice. This is in the first part of the Lord's Prayer. Look at what Jesus says here. He says, Our Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom Come. So Jesus starts the Lord's Prayer with worship. You say that again. Jesus starts the Lord's Prayer with worship, and that's intentional. Why? Here's why Jesus starts the Lord's Prayer with worship. Because everything else starts with us. Hello? Right? Everything in the world starts with us. Do what you want. Do what feels good. Burger King tells me to have it my way. Right? Everything starts with me. Everything is centered around me except prayer. 
Prayer starts with God. Prayer begins with worship. Prayer begins with worship. Worship is first because it takes our eyes off of ourselves and puts them onto God. So worship starts with God because it takes my eyes off me, puts it onto God. And listen, I don't know about you, but a lot of my problems in my life come because I think the biggest, happening, biggest thing happening in the world is what's happening in my little situation, what's happening in my little set of circumstances. I'm filled with anxiety. I can't think past what's happening in my life. But prayer starts with worship because worship reminds me that no matter what I'm going through, I have a God in heaven who is bringing a kingdom and what I'm going through cannot stop it. Man, in fact, even what I'm going through is a part of the kingdom coming. So worship gets my eyes off me. Puts them on to God. But another thing that worship does, another reason that Jesus starts with worship, he starts this way on purpose because we come to God as he is, not as we want him to be. That is so important. We come to God as He is, not as we want Him to be. From time to time, I'll be in conversations with people, and they'll say something to me like this. They'll say this. They'll say, you know what? The God that I believe in, and then usually what comes after that statement is a way that they figured out how to get God conveniently into their lives. The God that I believe in as if there's like this golden corral buffet of gods and we can pick the one that we like the best that works for us you know so I like this God you know what I don't really like that God maybe somebody else can pick that one and choose him if he wants to but I like this one this is the God that I believe in no look at what Jesus says father hallowed be your name that word hallowed we don't use it a lot it means to be holy separate what it says is this is that outside of you and me there is a God who's been around for a lot longer than us. And he doesn't need us to exist. He doesn't need us to run the universe. He's not looking for us to be advisors to him. Outside of us, there is a God who is, and we don't get to tell God what he's like. God reveals to us what he's like, and we worship God for who he is. Does that make sense? Right? And this God, Jesus says, is bringing a kingdom. Your kingdom come. So prayer starts with worship. Again, this can be as short or as long as you want it to be. But worship God for who He is. Worship God for what He's done in your life. Some people, some people a lot of times will turn on worship music. Worship isn't, isn't only about music. But listen, if music helps you worship God, turn on some worship music. See if you can pay the band money to come and hang out in your bedroom every, every morning when you're getting ready. I don't know what you need to do. But worship God. Get your eyes off of you onto God. Here's a great tip for you, honestly, and this is what Jesus did. If you don't know how to worship God, and I promise this is what Jesus did. Pray through the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms was the first church uh, prayer book, first church worship book. Jesus and the early disciples, they literally would have prayed their way word by word through the book of Psalms. Psalm 23, we all know it. Father, I praise you that you are my shepherd, and because you're my shepherd, I don't, I don't need or want anything. I have all that I need. You lead me beside still waters. You, you, you make me lie down in green pastures. You see that? And just pray through the Psalms. But prayer begins... With worship. And then after worship, we get A, and that's ask. 
So there's pause, rejoice, worship. And then there's A, ask. Here's the next part of the prayer that Jesus gives us. Give us each day our daily what? Bread. You think about how normal bread is, right? Think about how normal every day bread is. And Jesus is trying to put on us, Jesus says, listen, that God that you just worship, that really big God who, who lives in heaven, bringing a kingdom, created all things, the big God that you just worshiped cares about the smallest detail of your life down to whether or not you need something like bread. From time to time, people will come up to me and they'll say things like this. And I know what people mean, and I know that they think it's born out of humility, but I just got to tell you, if I'm honest, it's not. People come up to me and they'll say things like this. Mark, I pray for everybody else, but I don't pray for myself. Because I don't want to bother God with my life. I don't want to bother God with my needs. I've heard people say in this church, I've heard people say, I figure that God is so busy running the universe that God doesn't, doesn't want to be bothered with what's going on in my life. And listen, I love you, but as your pastor, I just need you to know that if that's the way you pray, you don't pray the way that Jesus teaches us. Because right here, in the way to pray, the model Lord's Prayer, give us today, every single day, our daily bread. So Jesus is literally telling you to bring all of your needs, all of your requests to God. Jesus is telling us every single day, give us today our daily, every single day, pray for our daily bread, our daily needs. We're going to have to do it today. We're going to have to do it tomorrow. We're going to have to do it the next day. But listen, as a dad, when my kids need something, it matters to me. Hello? Right? As a parent... When my kids need something, it matters to me. If that's true for me, how much more is that true for God? So God cares about what you need. So listen, if you have a need to pass a test, pray about that test. You're having surgery coming up. Pray about that surgery. Listen, God cares about your needs. If you've lost your keys in the morning before going to work, pray, ask Jesus, Jesus, where'd you hide my keys? Because I would have never done this. Put them in the same place every day. Or listen, you feel like you're losing your family. This might have been the only thing you needed to hear today, but write this down. If it matters to you, it matters to God. If it matters to you, it matters to God. So give us today our daily Bread. It's important that you and I see that Jesus teaches us to give us today our daily bread. Notice that Jesus doesn't say give us today our daily filet mignon. Daily steak, baked potato, you know, the finest of foods. No, Jesus says bread. What Jesus is doing here is Jesus is literally making a distinction between needs and wants. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Bring to Jesus what you want. If you're single, you want to get married, pray about it. You're not in a certain school and you want to get accepted, pray about it. You want to get a promotion that's available at work, pray about that promotion. Pray about your wants. But here's the deal. Again, parents know this. There are times when your kids want things and sometimes the answer is no because it's not good for them. And other times the answer is, you know what, okay, fine, but not now, later. Right? 
Our Heavenly Father does the exact same thing. Next week, what we're going to do, next week we're going to talk about how do you make sense with unanswered prayer. How do you make sense of all the prayers that we pray and Jesus just doesn't seem to answer at all? We're going to talk about it next week. But Jesus says, listen, if it matters to you, it matters to me. Ask me. Ask me. Don't try to figure life out on your own. Don't try to figure life out and do it in your own power and strength. When the power of God is available to you, ask. So pause. I'm coming into the presence of God. God is aware of me. Man, I need to be aware of Him. So I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to praise Him for who He is. I'm going to praise Him for what He's done. God is good, what we just sang earlier. And now I'm going to ask. I am going to bring my requests to God. For me, for my family, for my friends, for my co-workers, for what I see people sharing online, for my church, I'm going to ask, but we're not done. This is the last part, and the last part is on purpose. Why? It's yield. Pause, rejoice, ask. The why in pray is yield. Or if you don't like yield, yes. See, the last part of the, of the Lord's prayer says, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. What Jesus is getting at here in the very last part of the Lord's prayer is Jesus is getting at surrender. See, prayer in the way of Jesus is meant to shape us into living a God-first life, not a me-first life. Let me say that again. Prayer in the way of Jesus is meant to shape us from living a God-first life, not a me-first life. Praying the way that Jesus is modeling here. I'm coming into the presence of God. This God is glorious. He deserves to be worshipped. I'm going to give Him all of my needs. And I'm going to surrender to this God. Praying the way that Jesus is showing us here should literally take us from this to this. Do you see that? From this, my will. I want my will. Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer, not my will be done. What is it? You know it? Your will be done. My will, your will. The Lord's Prayer, praying in the way of Jesus, takes us from my will, closed-handed, open-handed surrender. God, your will be done. So we're surrendering. We're yielding to God. And notice what it starts with. It starts with, God, forgive us our sins. God, forgive us our sins. Let's be honest. Isn't it better to focus on and talk about the sins that everybody else has and not your own? Isn't that, that's the fun stuff, right? Jesus puts this in here. Here, hey, disciples, hey, Summit, do you want to know how to pray? Here's how you pray. God, forgive me for my sin. Listen, confession isn't something that you do at the beginning of the Christian life and you never do it again. Confession needs to be something we do every single day as followers of Jesus. Because, watch this, as you and I live with unconfessed, undealt with sin in our lives, it hardens our hearts towards God. Does that mean we need to get saved every single day? Does that mean we're getting saved over and over? Absolutely not. We give our lives to Jesus. He saves us, forgives us for our sins. That happens one time. But listen, if you and I live with unconfessed sin in our lives, that unconfessed sin robs us of the experience and the blessing of living as God's children. Does that make sense? That unconfessed sin in your life, it's like clogged up pipes. Sometimes you got to pour Drano down there, right? To unclog that pipe, you got to unclog that pipe. Some of us, our hearts have been clogged up with unconfessed sin 
for so long. And Jesus says, listen, you need to make confession something you do every single day. So can I just give you a really practical tip when it comes to confession? Maybe you haven't heard anything I've said all morning. I just think you ought to hear this one, all right? Can I give you one practical thing when it comes to confession? Here it is. Be as specific as possible. Man, when it comes to confession, be as specific as possible. Now, maybe you can't think of a specific sin to confess God for. And in those moments, you should literally pray, Holy Spirit, show me anything in my life that I'm not aware of so that I can confess it to you. And just wait, see what the Holy Spirit brings to mind. But if you've got unconfessed sin in your life, you've got issues going on in your heart, be as specific as possible, even though you don't want to do it. Because a lot of times the sin in our lives is so ugly, we don't want to call it for what it is, right? Here's the deal. A lot of us talk about stuff that we're struggling with. We're not struggling. We're living with it. We've accepted it, right? Some of us talk about our struggles, and maybe one thing that will really help us with that is we call it what it really is, sin. That it's sin, it's evil, it's ungodly. When Jesus comes back, it's not going to be in me. So we confess it to God. God, forgive me because my thoughts aren't what they're supposed to be. God, forgive me because, God, when I said that, I sinned. When I treated them that way, God, that didn't glorify you. God, forgive me because I looked at that thing on that website again. God, I went there and I did that. God, forgive me for my sin. So I'm going to deal with the sin in my own heart. But notice what Jesus does here. Forgive us for our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So here's what Jesus just did. Jesus just connected your relationship with God with your relationship with other people. And man, don't you wish you wouldn't have done that? This Christianity thing would be a whole lot easier if it was just us and Jesus by ourselves, right? Jesus has to throw other people in the mix. So forgive me for my sins as, I, as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Why does Jesus connect your relationship with God with the way that you treat other people? I love the way Tim Keller answers this question. Tim Keller has this quote. I think it might be on the screen. He says this. Watch this. Unresolved bitterness is a sign that we're not right with God. It also means that if we are holding a grudge, we should see the hypocrisy of seeking forgiveness from God for our sins, for seeking forgiveness from God for sins of our own. Does that make sense? So just unforgiven, un unforgiven, unresolved bitterness in my life. I'm not willing to let them go. God, forgive me for my sin, but I'm not going to deal with this relational tension. I'm not going to forgive this person. Man, we've got to deal with that. And so Jesus just brings into this equation, how's my relationship with other people? How am I treating others? Is there unresolved bitterness and anger in my heart? Or am I somebody that just as soon as somebody makes me mad, you know what, I'm done with you and throws them away? Hey, because after all, it's just me and Jesus. Who cares how I treat other people? Jesus cares how we treat other people. Hello? Right? But this is hard, and I think this is why Jesus ends it the way that he does. He says, look at this. And lead us not into temptation. Matthew adds to that, deliver us 
from the evil one. The temptation is to hang on to that bitterness. The temptation is to hang on to that resentment. And so we need to fight that temptation. Jesus ends the model prayer with spiritual warfare. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Here's the thing. It's 2020. We don't think about temptation a lot. We don't talk about temptation a lot. Temptation has its own island and television show. See, some of you are like, what? I spend too much time praying. Others of you are like, I DVR it every week, right? Right? We'll move on. That was a little bit too tense for some of us. Hello? Listen, let's get real. We need to think about temptation more, not less. I know it's not cool. I know we think we've moved on. We need to think about temptation more, not less. And the evil one has done a really good job of getting us to ignore, not think about temptation. So we need to think about temptation more. God, help me. This tempts me. Yield. Jesus, I shouldn't go here. I shouldn't watch that. Look at that. Let that into my life. So I'm yielding to God. So it starts with P. Pause. God, I'm coming into your presence. R. Rejoice. Father, I want to worship you for who you are. Ask. I'm asking God for my day bread passing this test this person that I love needs to be healed we have this need in our lives in our community and then I'm surrendering to God God not my will your will father I am moving from this to this God I want to I want to be shaped into somebody that's living a God first life not a me first life now remember what we did last week remember our definition of prayer last week last week we said that prayer is rebellion against the status quo this prayer the model prayer is a prayer of rebellion i know a lot of us are so familiar with this it might have lost its edge but listen when the world says to us this is all that there is everything you can see by touch taste smell this is all that there is you need to look out for you you need to do what feels right you need to do what's in your heart you need to take care of yourself because listen when this life ends it's eat drink and be merry now because after this there is nothing jesus is teaching you and i to pray and such a way that we hear the message of the world and we say to it, no. I refuse to be a self-made man when there is a God in heaven who can care about my daily bread. And there is a God in heaven who is bringing the kingdom. I refuse to follow my own heart and my own desires when my heart and my desires have gotten me into more trouble than they've led me out of. Man, I need to be delivered from my heart. I need to be delivered from temptation and from the evil one. I need the kingdom to come in my life. So this prayer is a prayer of rebellion. And so listen to me, Summit. If the way we learn to pray is by praying, praying, I just need to ask you, are you doing it? Are, are you praying? Because listen, if you're not praying, you're just leaving the power and the presence of God on the table for your life and for your family. So here's the deal. Listen, you might be here today and, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God is speaking to you. You realize you're not praying at all or, or rarely ever and you're just fired up. The Holy Spirit's convicted you and you're sitting there in your seat right now saying, you know what, I'm going to start praying an hour every day. And I just want to say to you, back on up. Back on up. Slow that puppy down. 
Because, bro, you're not going to do that, man. You're not going to do that. But what if you set aside tomorrow five minutes specifically to talk to God? What if you literally pulled out your phone and just opened up your calendar and made an appointment for five minutes tomorrow with you and God? Somebody comes to you, hey, today at 12.30, can I talk to you? Nope, I got a meeting at 12.30. How long is it? Five minutes. Five minutes and I'm done, but I've got a meeting. What if you just did that? Or what if sometime this afternoon? Or what if tomorrow on your way to work? Or what if tomorrow on your way into school? You said, you know what, I'm going to take that time. I'm going to intentionally talk to God. Again, every one of us need to learn how to pray. Everybody does. Nobody's arrived. Nobody's got this figured out. Maybe you're here and you, you need to learn how to worship God. You need to learn how to confess your sin. You need to learn how to fight in prayer and not give in to temptation. That's why I just keep talking about, and I'm praying that almost every single person in our church, if they're physically able to, if you can, joins a small group so that we can learn how to pray Together, and here's why this is such a big deal, and I want you to see this and then we're done. It's because prayer is about relationship. Prayer is about relationship. Pray, P-R-A-Y, pause, rejoice, ask, yield. Listen, that's a formula. You can use it if it helps. You don't have to go like give five minutes or 20 minutes a day to each of those. That's just something there to help you. Here's what you need to know about prayer. Prayer is all about relationship. My daughter, Chloe, she's eight. And, and she does this thing, literally she does this every single night. I promise, every single night. If Chloe's home, if she feels good, every single night, there's a point, about 30, 45 minutes before Chloe goes to bed, she'll come to me and she'll say, Dad, will you come and sit with me? She literally does this every night. The first time that she did this, I remember the first time she ever did this. She came to me one night. She said, Dad, will you come and sit with me? And I looked at her and I said, sit with you? What are we going to do? I'm such a great parent. Wait for the book to be released. So. But I literally said, I said, what are we going to do? Here's what she said. Nothing. I just want to sit with you. And so I promise you, every single, it'll happen tonight. She's going to come to me, and she's going to say, Dad, will you come and sit with me? Can you hear your heavenly Father look at you right now and say, will you come and sit with me? You just come and be with me? What are we going to do? Nothing. You don't have to do anything. I already love you. I've already paid the price for you. Hey, this week when that thing went really well, man, I would love to celebrate with you. Hey, that thing that you're really worried about, I would love to help you with that. I would love to help you carry that. Can you hear the voice of your heavenly Father not call you to pray as a ritual or a hoop that you have to jump through? Man, your heavenly Father just wants to sit with you and be with you. So would you pray with me right now? Just bow your heads and close your eyes. And, and here's what I want you to know. Summit, we don't have to get God's attention. We already have God's attention. But we need to give God our attention. And, and so Jesus, I just, I can hear you. I can hear you say, I can hear your voice. Would you just come and sit with me? <laughs> that the God of the universe would just want to do that with us. Imperfect 
hard-hearted, proud, so many times me first instead of God first people. And the God of the universe just looks at us and says, hey, would you just, just come and sit with me? I would love to just be with you. I would love to just surround you with my presence. I would love to just let you know that it's going to be okay. I would love to just let you know that I see you. You're not alone. I would love to let you know that you're not trying to figure all this out on your own. I know you act like you are, and I know you think you are, but you're not. Just, just come and sit with me. Summit, that is the voice of God to every single one of us. And listen, don't try to talk him out of it. Don't try to manipulate. God, what do I have to do? Just surrender, yield, and say yes. So right now, and this is how easy this morning is. This is how simple this is. You might, Man, I don't know if this was the most sophisticated sermon. This is not the most. Think of how complicated Jesus could have made prayer. Jesus teaches how to pray. And then Jesus begins a 52-week discourse about prayer. Instead, he literally gives a, not even a paragraph. And so this is how easy this is. So right now, God has our attention. We have God's attention. We're in his presence. And so right now, would you just take a moment and just rejoice? Would you just write literally right there where you sit? Literally right there where you sit. You can lift your hands if you want. You can whatever. But would you just right there where you sit, take a moment and rejoice? Praise God for something in your life. Something good this week, a way that God provided, something that God ha has promised you, some, uh, just the truth about who God is. Would you just take a moment? You know, listen, I'll Mark, I don't feel like it. You don't have to feel like it to worship. Just worship anyway. Your feelings will follow, I promise. Just take a minute right now and just rejoice. Just nothing but rejoice. Father, we praise you today. You are our Father. Your name is holy. It's separate. God, I praise you that you're bringing a kingdom. And I praise you that we're not in the way. And I praise you that your will is going to be done. And even when we mess up, you're there to fix everything. You're there, you're there to get us back on track. You're there to bring us back into your fellowship. God, we praise you today. Just, just, re just rejoice. Right there where you sit, do it. And then just move into a time of asking. I mean, this is what Jesus says. Give us today our daily bread. So what matters to you right now? What's the need that your family has? What's the need that you have? Your friends or whatever it is. Just begin to ask God right now. Maybe you're one of those people and you have literally, you don't pray about your life, but you pray about everybody else's. Why don't you ask Jesus right now for some bread? Jesus, we, I, Jesus, I'm thinking about people right now in our church who are in the hospital that need healing. I'm thinking about marriages right now that are barely making it. 
I'm thinking about students who are at a crossroads in their life and they're really asking, God, what's your will? Father, there isn't a person in here who doesn't need some kind of bread from you. So just ask him. And then yield. And it might help you to do that. Just open up your hands right there in your lap or literally lift your hands up to God. Who cares what people think about you? Just do it. Just as an act of surrender. Father, I surrender to you. Forgive me for my sin. Listen, if you're here today and the Spirit of God is convicting you over a specific sin in your life, confess it right now. Not tomorrow, not this afternoon. i got to wait till I get some things straightened out first. No, you don't. That is a lie from the, from the evil one. Just confess it right now. Maybe you're here and the Spirit of God is just convicting you about unresolved bitterness, just a relational conflict. You're just holding on to a grudge and, and maybe there's no way to even reconcile that relationship. Maybe this person's passed on. They don't live around here. Something's, you can resolve the issues that are in your heart. Maybe you're here today and you're just under spiritual attack. You're being tempted. You need to pray, God, God, I surrender. Keep me from temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. See, this is what it's like for kids to be with their dad. That we have his love, we have his affection, we have his attention, and he just wants to be with us. Summit, there is nothing more powerful, bigger than this. To be in the presence of God, to talk to our Heavenly Father. And so maybe you're here today, maybe you're here, and you just haven't really taken that relationship seriously. Maybe it's had fits and starts. Maybe your relationship with God, oh, I'm really going to get serious this time, and then you fall by the wayside. I'm really going to get serious this time, and then you fall by the wayside. You just, need to, you just need right now this morning not to get on some emotional high, but just to ask the Spirit of God to give you some resolve and perseverance and say, Spirit of God, help me to follow Jesus and to start praying. Help me to start praying the way that we've talked about today. If that's you today and that's just your prayer, God, I want to start praying as simple and consistent the way that we talked about this morning. I want to start praying this way. If that's you, would you just put your hand up this morning so I can see it and just pray for you this morning? Just put your hand up. I want to start praying this way. There's a hand right there. Anybody else? There's another one back there in the back. I just want to start talking to God this simply and consistently like this. There's two hands right over here. Anybody else? Just put your hand up. I just want to start talking to God this way. This simply, this consistently, to build this kind of relationship with my Heavenly Father. Father, I just pray that you would give your children perseverance, consistency. Jesus, maybe even when we fall off that bicycle, we just get back on it. Because the invitation to be with you is always open. But listen, guys, that is, really, that is really where it starts. It starts with relationship. And I love that John just asked us earlier before we sang that song to think about where our relationship with God is. Do you have one? Because if not, God wants to start one with you today. So today, if you need to be saved, you want to give your life to Jesus, just pray this prayer right there where you sit. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. I give my life to you right now for the first time. Father, thank you for loving me, for dying for me, for coming back from the dead for me. God, I pray for every single person in here, Jesus, that, that what we've just talked about, God, wouldn't leave us 
but would begin to shape us. Jesus, we're about to be inundated with a world that says it's all about us. And you just taught us to pray in a way that says, no, it's all about you, Father. Help us to begin to live God-first lives that flow out of prayer. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.